Hi, and welcome to the 76th episode of Keen Minds, where we're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is season six, episode 12, Bastion Moreau, part two. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle, And I'm Tessa. And it's interesting because this is actually the first time in the blacklist that we're having a blacklister who, which the number has been occupied by three episodes. He was the Corsican. He was Bastien Moreau part one and Bastien Moreau part two. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. You're right. He's just... Everywhere. He's a, yeah, he is. Uh, did he get the same number, though? He did. Okay. He's number they, 20. All right, good. I, I didn't... I haven't been looking at that nearly as closely as I probably should be, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I um, cracked the numbers, so... Yeah, I know I, you have, I but... I should know. And I nobody mean, believes me because my conclusions are not popular. Eh. Well, you know what? They signed on for season seven. That'll probably be our last season, I assume, you know? Uh, so, to finish out James's... Um, contract. contract and so we'll find out Yay. and you will either be vindicated or proven wrong one or the other yeah you know no will not be the first will not be the last yeah yeah so how do you like the episode oh, i was pretty good um i didn't feel nearly as stressed out as i did at the end of last week's um and so I, there was a lot of really good character moments i felt like and uh Gotta love that uh, Red bluffed his way off of death row. <laughs> I mean, that's just pretty If anybody red. can, that would be Red. Yep. And so, I mean, it was good. It. Um, I, I think we have got quite a villain in uh, Anna McMahon. I, I'm oh, very interested yeah. in seeing where all that is going. And so I, she looks so Katarina like. And they they mentioned they they did call her uh, a redhead. So yeah, she is because it's kind of that that very pale red. It's almost blonde. Yeah, yeah and, like a strawberry blonde. Yeah, but she definitely has a cool Katarina thing. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And so, but the fact that they came out and and verified that was like, I mean, that's. They they came out and called her hair color. I mean, you don't do that very often in shows, mm -hmm. and so it's. I think it that they're something. really. I think that they're really drawing that that parallel there between the two, drawing the strings between Katarina and. And yeah, we know and that and that Lottie's been filming, and so I think it's for episode nineteen. Yeah, but those look to be is nineteen ninety one. So That's those true. looks to be. Backflashes. I I'm interested because it's also bringing her, you know, her stage mom, which is extremely exciting. Because we have been talking so much about Mrs. Dom. That is nice to see, you know, who she is and what is all this about. So I'm I'm excited about this episode. These two episodes were written by the Johns. Uh no, this one wasn't. This was Luke. Uh, Luke. No, with John. Was the it? previous one was the, the Johns. The first one were the Johns, but this And then the second one is the Johns with Lucas. Oh, okay. I thought that uh I thought it was just Luke uh just Luke. L Lucas Luke. Lucas Ryder. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah, he's been there from I think from the beginning. That is an interesting in, interesting because it, I think the next two episodes are also by the Johns, aren't they? Well, you know, if they, uh, what is, let's see, this is 12. The, the ones that are coming in a tandem. I haven't, I haven't week. looked. Uh, I'll take a look after I the don't, podcast. Yeah, I don't know who's writing them, but it's interesting that we're getting that. 
Um, I thought the episode was very well written. Um, I loved the parallels in it. I mean, that scene with, with Red gets, first is three months, same thing as we got from the whole thing of, of Liz on the run. We get the three months from Red on prison. And then he gets out of prison and there is Liz and Dembe waiting for her for him. And then in the previous one, it was Red waiting for Liz. So I thought that that was very well done. With the and, hug. Yeah. And we got a hug and it was um, it was very interesting. And I think we, we ought to just jump in and talk about Liz letting go of asking questions. Yeah, now, uh, definitely. I mean, that, that's been, I've seen noted on Tumblr that that's kind of a complaint that she's just dropping it. And I know that people were worried that, you know, she was going to flip flop back and forth. But honestly, I think she felt guilty. I think that she felt like she put him there. And I, I'm not really shocked that she's taking a a step back right now. Now, will it be indefinite step back? Probably not, because I kind of get the impression Wrestler's going to be the one to take up that mantle, and the moment he mm-hmm. finds out something new, I think yeah. she'll be right back to, oh, really now? Is that what you found? Now, yeah, she may be a little more careful moving forward so she doesn't get red killed, but, you know... I, I do think she'll be back to her questions at some point. Well, I got to say two things about that. The first one is credit goes to wrestler because wrestler is the one that got this, the crazy stuff stopped and said at the end, he's a man who loves you very much. He did it twice because the first thing he said was he, he called the question that neither Liz nor Jennifer were asking. Why would he choose this identity exactly why and then just what you just said you know that this is a man that loves you no matter who he who he was born as who he was before the change what what have you you know this is a man that has proven he loves you and and red and wrestler is is a logical character he has no skin in this game past his pride of who the heck was he? Well, was I mean, and that I think he's very fond of Liz. Um, I mean, yeah, but but not skin in the game personally. It's not his family. It's right. not his thing. He, what he did was, you know, he spent this this time chasing this guy. But Wrestler is approaching this from a logical fashion, asking the right questions, and I think that Wrestler is going to be as simple as eventually he will start getting curious and he would just go because now red's dna it's part of of the database he it was a he was sent to prison and he was uh convicted for this even though he didn't go through a trial he was convicted and sentenced to death that means that his dna automatically enters coda's database and he now it would be very easy for a wrestler to go this and test against liz with Liz is also a convicted killer, even if she was part of that's part of CODIS. And therefore, he'll be able to get an answer in a logical fashion because he doesn't have that emotional thing about it. And the second thing is, you know, that I think that Liz honestly got to the same point where Liz gets. Something is conflicting. Like, am I pregnant? I'd rather throw the pregnancy test out. Or is the devil my father? I'd rather throw the, the test out. So whatever I need to do in order not to to uh, face a question that I feel that I don't have the right uh, mindset to uh, 
to question at this time. Yeah. I think that he was, she got scared that. She got overwhelmed. Yeah. That this is going to show up that he's my father. And I would have then be guilty of sending my father to uh, her death, to his death. Or even just a man that that loved her dearly, you know? I yeah. mean, I, I don't think it even takes... I mean, I, I think that that's a possibility there, that she still wonders about that. But, I mean, it doesn't... She and Tom figured out, you know, along the way that it doesn't take blood to make family. I mean, that's been a, an ongoing thread throughout this entire show. And so, I mean, even if he's not blood-related to her, which I flip-flop back and, you know, every day, you know, do I think he's the bio-dad? Do I think he's the chosen father? You know, like, I go back and forth. I would really be all right with either one as long as it was done well. Um, Because it could be the the father that's chosen to be that way can be done very poorly in certain circumstances, especially with Mm -hmm. all the chaos that's been rained down upon them. Um, but I think that it can be done very well too. It's chosen family is one of my favorite themes in television shows. And so mm-hmm. if they go that route, I'll be thrilled as long, as long as they do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that to say that, you know, regardless on if they're blood related or not, he fills this void in her life and he's happy to fill it, obviously. And so the moment, it, it was not so much if he's her father, if he's not, it was accepting that he loves her. And I think before... And that he, she I, loves him. Yeah, and that she loves him. I, I think before there was a lot of, well, if he's not my dad, then he kind of like, Tom always had this, you know, well, you're not telling her the truth, so it must be something horrible. Which, to be fair, it keeps landing Liz in a lot of trouble, so... Yeah, I mean, he wasn't coming at it completely from out of left field there. But, I mean, I, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. I think for Liz right now, the fact that he loves her and that she's accepted that and the fact that she's accepted that he, she loves him is enough. My question is, moving forward, does that mean that she's going to bring her daughter back? Because right now... Agnes is just a non-factor. I mean, we haven't heard her name. We haven't heard Liz mention her. And I understood when she was busy battling Red. Supposedly that battle's over. Does that mean she's going to reach out to Scotty and say, it's over, it's done, let me bring my daughter home? Is mm-hmm. she just going, is she going to reach out and decide that she doesn't want to disrupt well, Agnes? A- I mean, apparently... What we're, what we're having happening is that the task force is being targeted by assassins. Yeah, that's true. And so, so I, mean, I think that that's going to put a damper on everything because right now she cannot bring Liz, Agnes into this this mess. I agree. I agree. So and I think I, that's that's a se- season seven. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just I'm curious what would be going what would go on in her mind right now. In her mind, is she going to talk. think about Agnes? Yeah, but, that's really what I'm what it boils down to. Is she, is Agnes even on her mind right now? Which I think so. I would hope so. I mean, she she it, gets it, a little fixated, but it's still her it daughter. Is, yeah, it is. It is. It goes back to the parallels between Liz and Red, and and I think that at Red at one time it was just he was fixated on something else, and it's easy to get fixated about about this kind of things um i think that the 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 main question of these things is 
is that we're we're in a story of redemption and not necessarily because we keep thinking of redemption in terms of red as something that red has to do with external things. But maybe redemption is that second chance that red was talking about in, in, in 101. If he is loved by who he is, not 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 as a father or as a father figure, as who he is and what he has done, then he has achieved redemption. Then he is loved by Liz. And that is what is important. Then he had he had been not just loved by Liz, but he had saved he has saved Cooper, he has saved Samar, he has saved Wrestler. And he has done so um, by for who they are, and, and that is the that is the true the redemption. It's not a redemption in order to get something. It's when you're redeemed. Is when you act. I mean, for the Christian measure of redeeming, it's by by doing something expecting nothing because if you expect something that is not really redemption but if you do it just out of love then is redemption isn't it that, that that's my catholic version of it <laughs> i mean it's on the christian side of it it's you know christ coming to cover sin um and so that that was you know our redemption is we couldn't do anything he had to do it for us Mm -hmm. um that's and so i mean but i i think on on a strictly human side of it yeah you you couldn't go with you couldn't from what we're looking at within the parameters of this story and with with humanity in redemption with Mm -hmm. humans being redeemed from you know situations with other humans take taking the the you know faith side out of it um yeah i i definitely think that's the case you can't go into it with this ulterior motive of of wanting to like manipulate someone into saying you've been redeemed basically exactly it's it's the act of of selflessly um doing something for someone else that redeems your sins and and so for rent he would he would have to go there and it's interesting that all throughout this it's cooper his uh, oldest friend that have come to his to his aid and this was a very pivotal episode for cooper i loved cooper in it like this as angry as i've been at red i've been a little bit surprised how excited i've been at the way Cooper's been reacting to it. I mean, because he just, he really has been giving it his all. And I loved that moment with Diaz, um, where he just says, you know, are you threatening me? He's like, it doesn't give me any joy, but yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was, it was a, it was a beautiful episode because Cooper is also coming at it, not from a sense of I'm doing something illegal, but you did something really bad. Yeah, and you know, I'll, it will be my duty, but you know what? It will also be my pleasure because you're being just that kind of asshole, and I will be very glad. Well, I to don't think let as much. Go. I don't think he feels that much to Diaz that way because he's not aware of Diaz's connection. Yeah, involvement. But he certainly felt that way with uh, good old Anna. Oh yeah, that was. Epic. Epic. I loved that. It has a very I high mortality rate. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 
yeah, come right ahead because everybody who has done this have not lived long. I cackled. I I mean that that was my first uh first gift set to make from the episode. I loved it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, don't worry, Posse. Yes, actually I, I do welcome you coming in this because you you're gonna be dead. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's no sarcasm here. I want you dead. Yeah. <laughs> Please, come no, work with do. us. I do want to take the job because nobody lives past that, you know. Yeah, and he, like, he likes Panda Baker, so he wants her out of there. Save her yeah. life. Send her away. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, I found it so, so interesting to the, the fact that it's Cooper who saves him. Um. Because I've been going at this, and this is something I've been saying for a long time. Cooper and him share a long story. This is not this something made. They may have not had seen eye to eye all the time, but they're long friends, and that and that has and that has a value. And and, and it all started by Cooper saying, "Well, I personally don't have any knowledge of any things that Red has done because he hasn't seen any of it." And funny how they left out all of that. And you know, there it is, Cooper uh, thinking that he was going to go and kill this guy in when he was trying to save his his friend's son. And Red is the one who talks him out of it and says, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to be protected like everybody else because you're a cop. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, you'll be protected. So I find it, you know, that, that when you get into the larger vision of it, um, Cooper may have literally perjured himself, although maybe not because he never had really direct knowledge. But at the end, he's going for the final letter of the law. Um, none of the people that Red has ever killed has been really innocent. I mean, Diane Fowler being one, she was anything but innocent. She actually organized that little excursion that cost a lot of FBI agents their lives. And, I mean, Cooper had a gun aimed right at him at that moment. It nearly yeah. cost Ressler his life. It yeah. I mean, and, and it, it got him addicted to pills. I mean, that was that was a long lasting injury. And, and Cooper is. Yeah, the, the writing team actually considered taking wrestlers leg off, apparently, at one point. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't. That would a lot have been of CGI. Oh, horrible. It would have been so frustrating trying to to do that. But no, I mean, Cooper is, if nothing else, and, and he is many more things than this. But I mean, one of his. I think best qualities is how devoted he's become and is to the task force. That is his family. And Charlene made a comment at one point. Um, I don't remember who it was to, but something about when, you know, before he got sick, that work was, was everything. Mm -hmm. That was his life. And I think that things have changed for him. I mean, you, we saw his and Charlene's relationship change and grow and all of that come to, to play. But I think it's, you know, just the way that he's looked at his job. It's, it's still his life to a great degree, but I think it's almost more personal now that it's not just that the job itself is his life. This is his chosen family. And it goes back to that theme, which is... Mm -hmm. Chosen family, yeah. Um, and then the next thing that that we have to go at is um, 
is definitely is Samar. I mean, this is this is a big thing. This is the second person that have died because Samar couldn't react in time. The first was the pawnbroker's wife. I been I started a rewatch of season six, and and you know not to say that she could have been saved, but she couldn't remember that it was nine one one. She was dialing one one nine. And so she died without getting anybody there. So this is the second person that loses her life or his life because of um, Samara's inability to deal in the field. And I think that that when she was up in the roof, I think she was contemplating suicide. Might have been, yeah. I mean, but she, she had to have gone down at one point to go buy the cigarettes and go back up. Which was interesting. I'm I'm still wondering what roof she was on. I guess it's the top of the... I mean, that would be a really tall post office there because they, they're underneath the post office. They're in the basement or something of, of the old post office that they use for the black site. I thought it was where, where they had the shooting in that building. Might have been. Might have yeah. been. I don't think she ever went back. Um, it, it's... Uh, because this goes back to a lot of the times that we have seen, like we saw, um, we saw in, in season one, we saw Samani go to this rooftop, and mm-hmm. why is he going for the rooftop off if it's not to to kill himself? Um, I mean, I mean there's, he, th- there's something very nice about about the cityscape and the world. Uh, yeah, it really is. It's putting distance between you and the world because the world is still moving below you and you can watch, but you don't have to be in the middle of it. You don't have people constantly bumping into you or distracting you. You can watch and contemplate. And I think it, it gives you a good space for thinking. Uh, rooftops are fantastic for it. Um, I'm a fan, you know, and have no interest throwing myself off of one. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I would imagine that the thought crossed her mind because she is. She's looking at this. She had her life all planned out. And suddenly she's looking at not being able to do what she loves to do. And so we think i mean she's she's leaving the task force but we have no idea where she's going i thought it was very interesting that she chose not to tell cooper why she was leaving mm. i i think so um I, I do wonder you know what are her plans and what is around um because I'm i thought how, it, how would she stay in the us she's there working you know and so would she get a visa to stay i mean there's a lot of complications with that yeah that i guess so easy. yeah yeah um i think that what is interesting too is what's going to happen now because iran so far has been the only one unscathed by deep tragedy i mean the most the most the two most complicated things that have happened to iran is when janet targeted him which actually had a good outcome because whatever his innocence may have been you know damage he got he finally was able to come out and and have a relationship with 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 samar but the second thing that the only other thing that happened to him is this fake death that he took very hard well i mean in killing the man in season one yeah was very tough on him yeah it was very tough. So he has come a long way, but he has not had the kind of the, the kind of damage that Wrestler and Liz 
and Samar had had. And even Cooper. I mean, well, Cooper had the, the fake uh, disease and yes. lost his wife for a while. I mean, like, he had his whole life, lost his job. You yeah. know, I mean, he had but his he wasn't life as, as um, But he's not as, as serious with Liz and Wrestler and, and Samar have experienced. Because Wrestler and Liz have lost the person they loved. Yeah. And that was, you know, a big thing that, that had prompted both of them into a direction of... Uh, of total loss of of um, addiction in the case of wrestler and a revenge in which she basically lost the light, um, and so that that is a, and Samar lost the the parents then the brother then it turned out that the brother was not dead but was the terrorist that she's been going after so it's been very heavy for all of them and and Aram is the one who have had a a in general, more nice things. So I'm I'm afraid that Samara is going to bite the dust. It's not going to be as simple as, I mean, when they send this team and they get a, a hit on them, I have a feeling that Samara will not be able to defend herself. I mean, we saw her, how she was like totally out and they got, in the previews, they got somebody choking her and obviously losing air is something she doesn't do well. So, um, you know, I'm not, I don't have them all with me that she's not going to leave that way instead of just simply getting off the task force and then Samara and him marry, Aram and him marry her, marry, then whatever. I think that, that we're, we're going to see something, something more dramatic. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it'll be interesting. I'm but curious. they had them happy. So, you know, that that's not good. <laughs> yeah. You can't have that to the end. Um, Still, still very angry over my. <laughs> still very upset. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so that's that's been Samar's uh, Samar's story through this was so painful. I felt so bad for her and just kind of wanted to give the poor girl a hug. I mean, that was. But you kind of see how a rom didn't know something was going on because she just she doesn't share anything with him i mean even though they have gotten into a relationship she is still very much on an island and she just doesn't tell him things important things um she i mean instead of talking with him about any of this and her response is well we've we've talked about this no we actually haven't you know, and she goes up and she's on the roof and instead of telling him that, she, you know, why she wants to talk to Cooper alone, she just shuts him out of it. She she just shuts him out of every step. And I think she's able to because of what she said, that he sees the good in it. And so he would never think she's shutting me out because she wants to take a route that I wouldn't like and she doesn't want me saying anything, he just doesn't even think about being shut out. It just doesn't even cross his mind that she would because something happens to Rom and he's word vomiting everywhere about what's going on and <laughs> telling a passing stranger, you know? <laughs> I mean, I have a feeling that Samar knows every inch of a Rom's life and a Rom knows relatively, very relatively very little of hers. Yeah. 
I I think that what we're doing, what we're going to in 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 writing terms is that Aram need Aram will lose what he loves, and then he will be on an equal footing with the rest of them, having lost most of what they love the most. Um, and, and then in that goes something's coming up. Uh, there was a, a episode summary coming up that he's going to try to get leverage against mm. Red. So I mean, the fact that a Rom is going to get leverage against Red says that something horrifying that he blames Red for is coming up, or that he needs Red help. Maybe not. It's not leverage over Red for revenge. Maybe it is just because he needs something and he knows. Uh, I mean, it, it was very off-putting the way that that Red went after the the bones when someone was missing, and and that is something that I'm sure that that wrestler is keeping. You know, even though he was like, "Oh, I'm on behind Red," you know, we're we're all behind it. It gotta be there. I mean, it's it's just gotta be there. Some um, Aram is in many ways the 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 innocent the child in this and and that you know that this gotta end um so you know whether some hours some i would survive this this coming episode or not i don't know but in in it is for certain um something is coming up that is that is interesting in that arena can we talk about about uh Dembet? So that was. Did that strike you as bizarre? His what? whole the the charades game, yes. or whatever that you know. It's I don't remember yes. what the game's called. Oh it's not God. charades, but like yeah. just the way he went about that was so bizarre to me. It reminded me of Red with Brandon, with Brenda, and yes, uh, in in the what's his yeah. name in the woods. Yeah. yeah, and when Dembe looked over and said, enough. Enough. I mean, yes, exactly. Kind of that borderline crazy, you know, like... I cannot I, deal with this, I'm playing. And the other guys are terrified and he's not seeing this. And Dembe is usually very good about reading the room and would typically just stand there and not infringe on the terrified, basically, civilians. You know, I mean, it's it was very odd. I I don't think we'll know until multiple episodes from now why he did it. I'm sure there was a reason. You know, the writers that were on this particular episode, there had to have been some kind of a reason. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know what it was yet. And it was it struck me as very strange. They were terrified, and and Debra was oblivious to it. Um, <laughs> what we're nightmare. What we're in right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it is. Um, but Debra was, you know, the the what, one thing that struck me in all this um, was when Red got out of prison and he comes out at night. And he goes to the car, and Liz gets out of the car. It's a perfect parallel with getting Red getting out of the car, but it 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 really struck me as interesting that Red spent more time hugging Dembe than he did hugging Liz. I didn't notice that. It was 
I wonder if if Dembe is getting to the point where this loyalty to Red in his attempt to save his soul is like you almost got yourself killed. And Dembe has a secret now. He cannot. He hasn't told Red that maybe it wasn't Liz who saved that, but she was working with with Jennifer. And yeah. Maybe it is. I mean, Red wanted Dembe, whether he did it or not, to kill Marguerite Renard. Um, I wonder if, if Dembe is getting to the point where he's saying this is, you know, this is way beyond. The stress Either, is finally getting to him. Yeah. Like, you're not, I cannot save your soul if you don't take active steps to do so. And one comes by being truthful and you're not being truthful. Um, Liz, and I think at this point we do have to talk about Liz and not asking Red. And we, I know that we touch on it on the episode that what was Liz doing when when she didn't um or maybe we didn't maybe we talked before we started recording why we, did we Liz, talked about that's how we opened the episode yeah exactly so so maybe at that point I mean Denbe knows what Liz did and Denbe is at that point where I think he's saying you know what you've you gotta tell her Heaven knows if Liz isn't going to push for it, Red's not going to offer that information up. And yeah. so, but I mean, we, we've discussed, um, I think we did last week, that, that it's, Red is going to need to choose to give her that information for it to save his soul. Or maybe, maybe I was discussing this with someone else. Mm-hmm. That in order, yeah, uh, this was something being discussed on Tumblr. That you know, the the question was, you know, wh- when does it basically move from wanting to save Red's soul into Dembe, you are actually causing harm to Liz? Like, when does it go too far? And mm-hmm. I said, I think that a lot of the issue is with Dembe that one, you know, Liz has to find things out for herself. That's that's just how Liz rolls. But two, it does. It, well, and. Dembe is also loyal to Red, first and foremost, because mm-hmm. that's the man that saved his life, that, you know, halfway raised him, that, you know, I, I don't blame him for being loyal to Red. But in the end, if he were to tell Liz who Red is, why Red's lied about this, et cetera, et cetera, it wouldn't... Red's going to save his soul by telling, or, you know, theoretically... By telling, by being the one to tell Liz, offering up that piece of information. Mm-hmm. And so he would take that away from Red, the ability to do that. And on top of that, just knowing may not help Liz. It's yeah. not the knowledge that's going to help her, really. It's, it's how she what, finds out. Exactly. I mean, if Tom had told her... All of that would have done is stoke the fires. Tom just didn't trust Red to tell her for, you know, I mean, not for inadequate reasons. But mm-hmm. um, but in the end, Tom and Liz came back together because Tom chose to be honest with her and to give over. He could have kept plenty of secrets, but he chose to tell her everything. For Red and Liz to come back to a good standing, regardless on how they look, they can be smiling and laughing and hugging all day long. 
but they will never be on that solid ground until he chooses to be honest with her. Mm-hmm. And it's always, no matter how deep down Liz pushes it, no matter how much she says that she's okay with it, she never will be. Because that's no. not in her character. The character we know as Elizabeth Keene is not okay with it because she requires honesty from the people she keeps closest to her. It's yeah. the way she is. She Now she doesn't always return that, but that's what she requires from people close to her. And so it wouldn't have done Liz really as nearly as much good for Dembe to be the one to tell her that or Tom yeah. or any number of people. Yeah. And, and I think that is interesting that, that um, Liz abandoning this might actually be the way that she actually finds out what it is. Um, and, and I go back to one thing. Um, the concept of identity, and 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 I, I keep reminding people this. Red tells says that Liz knows he was someone else at another time, and people tend to go back and think that that means that he was not Raymond Redinger before 1991. I honestly think that this is a total weird way of looking at things, but I don't think that that's the case. I think that that he is the Raymond Reddington that is her father. I think that Reddy is her father. I think that it's the, for most of us, our identity is our name. Because we only have one. That's who we are. Um, but for for a covert agent, the identity and the name are two different things. And like Tom Keen remained Tom Keen and became his identity. That's not his identity. His identity was Christopher Hargrave. And he yeah, never really he was went, born under. Yeah. That's not, he never went back to that. He remained Tom Keen by choice. And I think Red remained Red, Raymond Reddington by choice. And it's the identity of his father, which is dangerous for her. What Red doesn't want this to know is who he was before. People tend to think, oh, that means that who he was before 1991 when he took that identity. No, I think he has been Raymond Reddington when, since before he came into the academy. And he told this, I, and I've said this over and over, I think Red was answering this question about who he was before by talking about his family. And what he said was, my mother was, my mother understood the human heart in conflict with itself with the Dostoevsky uh, quote, and my father was a disciplinarian and he excommunicated me. And that's a weird phrase, because usually that has religious tones, which goes to a lot of the salvation and mm-hmm. redemption that we've had. but. As a word, it just means that you're not you're not doing um, you're not taking communion, and that means that you're not part of a flock, that you're not part of a family. So basically, what his father did was push him away, cast him away. He became a wayward child, a a, a child that was cast aside. And it's interesting because the last mention we have of his father was in when he was fifteen, when he left. Uh, when he was in that Lake uh, Charlevoix job and his father said that he had to stick with it. 
And from there on, we have other other stories of Red uh, growing up. But I wonder if that was with someone else, if he had been cast away already by his father and somebody else like Alan, Alan Fitch had taken him on. And he had a family. That's how he knows Margaret. That's, you know, that and and he goes into the Naval Academy with a different name because his family took his identity, cast him away, uh, disowned him. And so he takes a different name to be a somebody else. Raymond is still his first name, but he takes a different identity. And it's that identity of Raymond, of his original identity, that is a problem for Liz that can be that put her in a lot of danger. Because we don't know who he read was. So it's not the father's, it's knowing not, not the father's name, which he already knew in 422. It's the father's identity, something that Red will go to his to his grave before revealing. He could have said at that point, because he even has Dom saying who he is, but he doesn't want Liz, Liz to know who he really is. I, that's my take on this whole thing. I think it's very interesting because we're going into chosen family. And if Red Father cast him away, somebody took him in, then again you have that concept, the chosen family. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, I think that this season is, is going to end up well. Um, it's just awesome. Any else? Anything else? Oh, I mean that that really covers a lot of it. Um, no, no, no. Um, so the sniper. If we're done uh, with our main characters, yes. I want you to go wanted into the... to go down a rabbit hole. I'm not. I'm not sure what rabbit hole I'm going down. I just can feel my feet slipping on the soft dirt. <laughs> And so I'm I'm about to go flying down it, and there's going to be a rabbit with a with a you know, a, a stopwatch at the bottom. In um, a machine gun. Or yeah, potentially. Right oh, that's yeah. a good Alice in Wonderland. Let's try that version. Um, <laughs> that's the, the Alice in Wonderland I want to write. Um, <laughs> always looking for a twist. Um, no, but uh, I actually just made a post. This is we're recording on Sunday evening. And um, I just put a post up. And the statement I made was that we received very clear and very intentional shots of when uh, they his name was on IMBD. I can't remember what it was, though, but it was Mr. Something or another. Mm -hmm. I don't think they've called it in the show, but but the sniper, mm -hmm. the sniper that uh, mm -hmm. that whose loyalty seems to be to Diaz, not to McMahon, mm -hmm. um, which is Diaz is another bit I want to get into here in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, but the sniper... We got a picture. He had his gloves on, which was good. You know, I mean, don't leave mm -hmm. evidence. We had a bit of skin that showed that looked like he had a burn scar. It was tough to tell because it was so dark, but the skin looked leathery to me. And, you know, I, I didn't get a clear enough shot of his... I need to go back through the episode and see if we can get a better shot. But his his sleeves would have been down all the way. So it would have been covering that, you know, when he was in the Oval Office. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to be White Secret House. Service or something. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's not old enough to have been involved in the fire that Liz was in. Um, but 
just fire in general. There's there's a lot of imagery with that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there's that. Uh, there was an emblem on the gun itself. I didn't recognize it, but there was a very clear shot of it. And so I, I remember that. that. I don't know what it would look like, but yeah, I remember exactly. that. And so, I mean, honestly, if they are going to go out of their way to stamp a gun with that, then there's probably a reason. And then third, uh, which I'm much less likely to believe is actually something, we got a very clear view of his bag. Uh, may or may not mean anything. What all of this means? No clue. Not. I don't have any theories for it. I just have this gut reaction that it means something and that we're going to get a lot more on him than we mm-hmm. originally thought. And I, I really liked that that scene at the end where she thanks him and he's just like... For what? For what? Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, she was such a bitch to him earlier. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's the rabbit hole that I feel myself sliding towards. And I'm like, I don't I just don't that, know what that's it means the cabal. Yet. I mean, that's going yeah, right back to I the agree. cabal and that in that faction of the cabal that was in Bond that was referenced in season three, which is something they do all the time. Mm-hmm. They will drop something off. Then it just forgotten. And then before you know it, there is picked up and. It how long, how long did we wait for Bud to come back to try to kill Tom? Drove or me. Jennifer. Yeah, or Jennifer to come back. Yeah, they they pick up. It's It probably goes back to the fact that Bokenkam is a feature man, not mm-hmm. a TV man. And so he leaves these threads forever and a freaking day, which is not great for TV, but... At least he's consistent, and so we can sort... I mean, that's one thing that's always given me that... No matter how angry I get at them for the various things that they do to my heart and sometimes do to the writing. Tom. Uh, Tom. On Mm. both my heart and the writing. I have serious Mm -hmm. issues with that. Um, Holding my total judgment on that until the very tail end. But but I do... And this goes back to the reason I can't always... I, I can never quite fully shake my... That lingering bit of hope that I have is that they do leave these dang what look like dangling threads that they come back to and they circle back around you're like oh that's a little late but all right thank you for filling Mm -hmm. that one in it's not a plot hole it's not a dangling thread you just I just need to be a little more patient and you and I've talked about that again and again and again and so yeah um, let's go into your second uh, yeah, thing that Diaz. you wanted to go. Diaz. Diaz. So do you think, um, because I I am of the opinion at this point that the the uh, the procedure that he was trying to track down, the medication, the procedure, I'm, I'm blanking on what mm-hmm. the blacklist is. It's for was. Diaz's wife. Yes. Uh, because I definitely got the impression that she's ill and... I'm wondering, I I can't tell for sure if basically the cabal swooped in and said, and and did what Red did in season three with him and twisted his arm and said, we will help you. And if we have another Cooper situation Mm -hmm. that they are using, either she is sick and they're providing her medication to keep her alive or... They're making him think she's sick, and they're just using this Mm -hmm. to manipulate the leader of the Free Nation. And so I feel like there's a good possibility that that Diaz is... 
he may not be the greatest person in the world because he made the comment. He said, I got into politics to try to weed out corruption and look where I am. I feel like he's a man that started out with good intentions and has found himself on a very slippery slope and making compromises where he never saw himself doing it before. Mm -hmm. That at least in the beginning, he was a decent man. And so that... That makes me feel like maybe he's been manipulated and coerced. My question is, and I felt differently at the beginning of the episode, at the end of the episode, and so I really am not sure if Anna is on his side or if she is doing the manipulation, which makes me think that maybe she is posing as being his ally and is really the one pulling the strings. And I think so. I, I think she has it in her, certainly. And Oh, yeah. But there was, there was a scene there, I think it was at the end, where they're talking. And she she just has this look of, you know, we're so close. We're, we're going to, like, like, she was cheering him on. But a good handler would. I mean, a good handler would know when to speak softly yeah. and when to, you know, when to yeah. push. I, I think that that um, that she is very much the Hitchkins, the new Connolly, the new Hitchens. She is just the new Peter. She is sent there to manipulate Diaz. And I think that always the, the object of this thing the Cabal had was to get control of the United States presidency. And all these things that, that happened kind of like put a, a, a damp on that thing. And what happened now is that they got they got Anna there and they got Diaz under control because Diaz was not was not always the cleanest guy, but he was also not this. I think that they no. got Diaz sold on, we're doing this to help so that Germany doesn't fall in the hands well, of whatever or so or we got to kill them. Or they're threatening his wife, which, I mean, that's going to, I mean, think think about it. Think about, I mean, you're married. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about a loved one. If they, if someone came in and was threatening someone in my family or, you know, someone I cared about greatly, you know, that was like family, a lot of, a lot of people can be pushed to do things they never would have done in defense of someone else. I think, however, I think that Diaz think he's doing it in, for good reasons. I don't think that Diaz understood what they're doing. Maybe I think that, that that step one is was to kill the German intelligence officer and the and the British guy. I think step two is to kill him. The, so Diaz? that yes, because we don't know who's the person who will come after him. We don't know who the vice president is. That's true. That's very true. Or who will be in direct line if he's not the person? Because I think to me this conspiracy now it's against the United States. That much was made clear. And what happened to the cabal was they got weakened by red, but not destroyed. Well, so there's something interesting that'll come back around. I certainly hope so. Anyway, Red has a seat on the table. He at has least stateside. Well, that's we don't know what's going on with that because exactly. Hitchin died since then. He lost and he everything. And so where does he stand with that? It just hasn't said nobody said a word about it, which again, when you drop a thread, just wait because that mm -hmm. means it's coming back around. 
Exactly. And so I'll be really interested to see when that gets brought back up and yep. how they approach uh, that. And for this, I have to go back into redemption. Because where do we leave redemption? By Howard and Scotty, which we both know that's not who they really are. Because Howard was supposedly born in Poland and Scotty probably likely is not who she says she is. And they're battling for control of a quantum computer that will give them basically the ability to control or spy on virtually anybody. So you're getting these two threads. And I always said redemption is going to eventually coincide where, where the blacklist is. So you're having at the end this, this epic battle, which is going into the Odysseus theme, as you said. They did bring it back by having the Cyclops and killing the, and killing the Cyclops guy with a heated thermometer. And that was and that comes back to that that battle, that mythic battle that is coming and it is all about coming back home. So Red cannot come back home until he finishes the battle. And the battle is epic and the Cabal now has the uh, somebody right in the same place that Hitchin was, even higher up. So I yeah, think but I mean, we had the attorney general was Conley. And mm-hmm. so it's it's been very interesting watching who moves in and out and where they are. And and Connolly and after Connolly was Hitchens and they both were cabal. So this is this is a very, very big takeover. And I think that the cabal option is they're going to go back into the Cold War. And I think that this is where it's going. There and for that they need access probably to Russia's presidency and to the United States presidency. And if well, that doesn't work, also, we have other Chinese. The, I they mean, obviously they're going the after Germany. Obviously they're going after Germany as well. Yeah, but they got to debilitate the Allies, and that's where um, in Solomon said our friends in Bonn. So that means that there is a, still a faction of the cabal residing in Bonn. And this whole thing about creating the bipolar world might still be in play. It was just delayed, weakened, but not necessarily gone. Yeah. And I think that Katerina, who was described as a secret keeper, may be the reason why she can't come out until now. Yeah. I am really excited to see her come back. I'm just, I'm on pins and needles waiting for her. <laughs> so I think I everybody not, I have not lost hope that she will come back. <laughs> oh, I I'm sure that she will. And I, I I think that I one of the things that I do want to mention because it's been, you know, it's been growing in my mind for a long time is I always question why would Red need two plastic surgeons? I mean two mouths and color they both describe as great. So let us say that when both are still alive. It's not like yeah. one of them died or had to be taken care of or what have you. No, well, Kohler died, but... Well, well not alive. at the time. Not at the time. Yeah. They were fine. So why would you need two surgeons to make yourself into somebody else or take care of the burns or whatever? So let's say that one of them was for Red, but the other one, Kohler may have been for Katerina. Katerina is the one who called. Nobody mentioned Reddington until Jennifer kept pushing it. But nobody has ever said, and Red described himself as a, to anybody that mattered, like the wife of Kohler, 
as a friend, a, a, a client, but a client is not a patient. A client is just somebody that he sends people to have the face reconstruct as part of his package of disappearing. It, it could also be that um, they worked on different parts of him, that, you know, Kohler worked on his face while the first guy worked on burns, you know, to, mm. to you know, handle some of the scarring. I mean, because yeah. we know that he has very bad scarring on his back, but it doesn't mean that, you know, that it's not better than it was or, you know, maybe it was different types of plastic surgery, different types of yeah. reconstruction. I mean, there is that. Just, could you be. know, could what, be, what their specialty is. But their option is, and for those of you who, who would consider Katerina, Jen is not one of them. Uh, she will never come back to that unless she comes back and she is Mary Louise Parker. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> I had uh, we, we had someone on YouTube that listens to us on YouTube that they asked about that. I was like, well, that's Tessa's theory, but how <laughs> yeah. mine. I don't go into that kind of crazy stuff. Uh, I just like I can follow your logic on it. I just don't feel it in my in my core, you know, and you know. I, I have said many a time that if Canon shows up and Carla is Katarina, you will hear me singing your praises. I am not above saying when I'm wrong. I have, yeah. believe me, I've learned how to do it over the years. <laughs> yep. I have a lot of practice. But, but if that is the case, do you remember another, another time where we've been told Reddington wants this or we'll get Reddington and it turned out it wasn't the Reddington we thought it was? Lord Baltimore, she says, we found Reddington. The extraction will take place tomorrow. And we're thinking it's Raymond Reddington, but it was Carla Reddington. So I'm thinking, you know, there is a woman arranging for some for a surgery for a Reddington. So how far is that that the surgery is for Carla? And when we meet, they meet one again, they said, you look so different, not as different as you, because they have not seen each other since the surgeries. So was red face changed a bit when he got his scar removed? But definitely we can assume that it wasn't Katerina. And if Katerina is Carla, it makes all perfect sense. Um, that's all I'm saying. You know my crazy theories. Well, I will I will agree with you if it shows up in canon. <laughs> eh. All right. I don't, do you have anything else? I don't, no. Um, I mean, it was Looking a good forward episode. To- yeah, we've got a double, double hitter uh, next week. And so uh, that's, it looks like it's going to be a really good one. Um, I'm kind of glad that they're doing it back to back. Yeah. And so, well, uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And you can talk to us on Tumblr, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And if you have any questions, just feel free to let us know and we will address it. And uh, we might have, especially if Samar bit the dust or leaves the show at any rate, um, we may have a special with a very special fan of Samar. Yes, we are. We won't know till next week if that's happening, but uh, the the invitation is open, and so we're we're excited, I, excited for the possibility of having her on, not necessarily yeah, not, for not the trauma that would come with it i i've been there i i have been there with losing the favorite it's as ansel garrick said in this crazy world you gotta take what you can yeah 
All right. But until next week, bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.